0: Let's look in the book of uh, 1 Samuel chapter 17. We're going to look in 1 Samuel chapter 17. I'm going to start by talking about a story that I think if you've been around church or religion, uh, if you've heard stories about church or the Bible or religion, you're probably familiar somewhat with the story of uh, David and Goliath, a shepherd boy who uh, defeats a giant not with a sword. But with a slingshot, a lot of times we don't think about the backstory, story. And to me, the backstory story is extremely fascinating when you stop and think about it, because it's not a story that just happened out of out of nowhere. In fact, as the story goes uh, before we kind of pick up here in the text, uh, the Philistines and the Israelites uh, were two different armies that were about to go to war. And as the story goes, they, like, gather together. They're, like, enraged and furious and ready to fight each other. They meet in this valley. Everybody's drawing their swords. They're just waiting to go at it. And it's as, as they're about to, to begin the, the, the war, every time they start to engage in war, what happens is this one Philistine giant, this, this huge guy, he stands up and he says, Hey, everybody. This is pretty stupid that we're going to go to war. Why are we going to, to make everybody die and make lots of people die? Why don't we just do this? I'm a big guy. Why don't you choose one guy from your side to come fight me? And whoever wins, the other, the other, uh, the other group becomes the servants of the other. So if we win, you got to serve us. If you win, we gotta got to serve you. Which, when you think about how the story goes, you think that everybody would be like, Yeah, that's awesome. Let's do that so that I don't have to die. But actually the opposite is true in the story. When this one giant stands up to challenge the Israelites, everybody gets stressed out. Everybody gets, gets, gets to, uh, gets, they're, they're, afraid. They, they start to, to look at each other and they think that they're, oh God, like who is this guy that that's challenging God's army? It's like the craziest thing, because think about this. They're willing to go to war with each other, but they're not willing to take on a singular giant. Like, think about this. Time and time again, they go together. Okay, we're going to draw our swords. We're okay with going to war. But when this one giant stands up to fight, we're not okay with just taking out the one giant. And this is where we pick up the story. It's super interesting. In, the verse, in verse 25, I'll start reading. it take a little bit of time uh, to get through it. It says this. It says, now the Israelites have been saying, uh, do you see how this man, this giant, this Philistine, how he keeps coming out? He comes out to defy or challenge Israel. Then they say this, the king will give great wealth to the man who kills him, this giant. He will also give him his daughter in marriage, and he will exempt his family from taxes in Israel. David asked the men then uh, standing uh, near him, what will be done for the man who kills this this giant, this Philistine, and removes the disgrace from Israel? Who is this uncircumcised Philistine? It's like, hey, Bible, can we not use those descriptive words, right? Uncircumcised Philistine. Anyway, okay, now I got to explain. No, I don't want to explain. That's not, that's... You know what that is. But anyway, it's just kind of talking about somebody who wasn't in covenant relationship with God. Still weird, but okay. Uh, That he should defy the armies of the living God. And they repeated to him what they had been saying and told him. This is what will be done for the man who kills him. When David's oldest brother heard him speaking with these men, he burned with anger, which is so strange. David's brother then gets mad at David and he says, why have you come down here? And with whom did you leave the few sheep in the wilderness? Because David was just bringing his, uh, his brother's lunch when he encounters the situation. I know how conceited you are and how wicked your heart is. You came down only to watch the battle. David's like, bro, like, chill out. Like, what have I done? Can I not even speak? The Bible says that then he turns away to someone else and he brings up the same matter. And the men answered him as before. What David said was overheard and reported to Saul, the king, and Saul sent for him. So David said to Saul, the king, he said, let no one lose heart on account of this giant, this Philistine. Your servant, me, I will go and I will fight him. So Saul replied, he says, well, you're not able to go out against the Philistine and fight him. You're only a young man, and he's been a warrior since youth. But David said to Saul, your servant, I've been keeping my father's sheep. When a lion or a bear came and carried off a sheep from the flock, I went after it. I struck it and rescued it. I rescued the sheep from its mouth. When it turned on me, I seized it by its hair. I struck it and killed it. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. This uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them because he has defied the armies of the living God. The Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will rescue me from the hand of this Philistine. So Saul says to David, okay, go, go ahead, let the Lord be with you. And then the Bible says that Saul dresses him up in his own tunic. He makes David wear his armor. He puts a coat of armor on him and a bronze helmet on his head. And David, he fastened on his sword over the tunic and tried walking around. It felt strange because he wasn't used to them. He says, I can't, I can't go in these because I'm not used to them. So he takes off Saul's armor. The Bible says then he took a staff in his hand, chose five small stones from the stream. This is where it starts sounding familiar. He put him in his pouch, in the pouch of his shepherd bag uh, with his sling in his hand, and he uh, approached the Philistine. Meanwhile, the Philistine, the giant, Goliath, uh, with his shield bearer in front of him, he came closer to David. He looked David over and saw that he was no more than a boy, glowing with health and handsome. He despised him. And so David. And so he says to David, am I a dog that you come at me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. Come here, he said. I'll give, you, I'll give your flesh to the birds and the wild animals. The Bible's crazy. Like, this is like almost R-rated, right? And David said to the Philistine... He said, you come against me with the sword, the spear, and the javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. He continues and says, this day the Lord will deliver you into my hands, and I'll strike you down, and I'll cut off your head. This very day I will give the carcasses of the Philistine army to the birds and the wild animals, and the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. All those gathered here will know that it is not by by the sword or the spear that the Lord saves. For the battle, hear this today, for the battle is the Lord's. And he will give all of you into our hands. As the Philistine moved closer to attack him, David ran quickly toward the battle line to meet him. Reaching into his bag and taking out a stone, he slung it and struck the Philistine on the forehead. The stone sank into his forehead and he fell face down on the ground. I don't know if you've seen this uh, you guys seen this new show on Netflix called Tidying Up? Has anybody seen it? It's about like a, so I've got some fans in here. Yeah. It's basically about like organizing your house. There's this uh, there's this little lady, and she travels around, so it's so kind of strange, but you should really watch it because it's kind of funny. And um and she goes to these houses and there's like couples that like their marriage is falling apart because their house is a mess. Some of you can relate. And uh like laundry's not being done, things are dirty, and there's too many clothes. So she has this method where she like she makes everybody take all your clothes out. We're going to throw them in the middle of the room. And then you, you pick up a piece, an item one by one. And she says, does it spark joy? <laughs> it's like, you have to decide if it sparks joy or not. If it doesn't spark joy, it's so strange. You thank the item for being in your life. And then you like throw it away or give it to Goodwill or something. It's really interesting. Beside the point. But my point is, uh, tidying up is, is, is kind of becoming a thing. And the reason it's a thing is I think there's there a lot of people that struggle with it. I'm one that struggles with it. It's like if anybody else in the house that isn't the most tidy person all the time. Uh, I, I have this. Ten- <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for your support. I appreciate it. I really appreciate it. Um, you know, I have I, I don't know if you have these places. Anybody have like a terrible junk drawer? You have like a catch all place in your house. Where it's like things like how could I fit anything else in here and what is all this stuff? My, my garage is like that for me. And uh, oh, it's bad. Like you might call hoarders on me like that's like. It's, it's real, real bad, um, or it was real bad. I, I, I made a decision. We we're about to move houses, and I made a decision. Listen, I can't keep living my life like this, and so when we are going to move houses, I was determined, like, it's time for me to set aside uh, my, my ways and, like, get disciplined and go after it, so I went out, and uh, I bought new racks for, for my garage. I had all these, this, 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 this great game plan of where everything was going to go, got rid of a lot of different stuff. Uh, so that I could actually, uh, enjoy my garage and not have to live in complete chaos. And so, uh, when we moved into the new house, I put all of these, uh, these, these storage containers and these racks, I bought these racks from like Costco or somewhere. And I put all these racks together and I organized them against my wall. And, uh, and because of all of the discipline that I had, I was able to accomplish, here's, here's a picture of my garage, pretty cool. So I was able to kind of get it nice and clean, not bad, huh? <laughs> and uh, it wasn't easy i'll tell you it wasn't easy it was something that took a lot of discipline i had to really go after it and uh, but it's something that 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 it's able to be done if you have enough determination and willingness to i'm totally lying that's not my garage let me show you a picture of my this is my real garage okay oh and it gets worse can we show some close ups i am so embarrassed folks like this is can you can you see look at the rack look at the poor rack that i bought my intentions were so good like, that's such a nice rack, and I just throw stuff on top of it. it the struggle is real. Like, this is, uh, this is a problem. Some of you feel better about your garages now, don't you, huh, guys? You're welcome. You're welcome. Your wife's been trying to get you to clean out the gear, but it's not like that. <laughs> that's pretty bad. I, I, you know, I show you that this morning because it really really is a problem. And, uh, and I think the reason that I, I don't ever, like, organize my garage is because every time I go there, it's extremely overwhelming. It seems like so much stuff. And, uh, and, and you know what, because it's so overwhelming, I'll just avoid it altogether. I get anxiety when I just go in there. Like I haven't looked at that garage except when I took that picture for you this morning. Like that's, that's, that's how little I go in there because it's so overwhelming. What's funny about my garage is, is, is if I wanted to organize my garage, it's not like a difficult task. It's not something that's like hard to do. What, what, what does it take? It just takes, it takes time. It takes time. And because it seems like such a big task, it seems like a a giant to me. It seems like a mountain to me. It seems like something that's really difficult to me. Rather than deal with it, I just kind of turn my back on it. I ignore it. You have things like this in your life. You, You have things in your life that are giants for you, things that are overwhelming for you, things for you that you think, Man, I just don't think that I could ever get over that one. And maybe for you, it's, it's your finances like we've talked about. Maybe for you, it's a, it's a relational dispute. Maybe for you, it's, it's some place that you like to be that you don't, I just don't know that I could ever, ever get there. Maybe for you, it's a struggle that you have, an internal struggle that nobody nobody knows about. We all have giants in our life. And I think a lot of times, rather than deal with these big things in our life, we just, we just learn how to cope. We learn how to cope rather than conquer. We learn how to cope with the things that we're facing rather than deal with them. What's crazy is these things that we're up against, contrary to popular belief, they're not impossible to fix. I'm talking about the depression that you're up against. I'm talking about the relational trauma that you're up against. I'm talking about the financial trauma that you're up against. You actually can defeat that giant in your life. You know what it's going to take? It's just going to take, it's going to take time. But not just time, you're going to have to do the right thing with time. It's funny because in life, I think time becomes an enemy to us. This is why the story with David and Goliath, why it begins to make sense. These guys are willing to go to war. They're willing to just, let's just fight. Let's just pull out our swords and go for it. The reason I'm willing to do that is because it doesn't take any time. It's just impulse. I can go for it. We can go at it now. But if you tell me I got to face a giant, now I have to stop. Now I have to study. Now I have to figure out what type of artillery does this giant like to use? What are his tactics? How does he he move? When does he throw the the, the right jab or the left jab? When does he swing his sword? What, What type of behavior patterns does he have? If I want to defeat a giant, I actually have to slow down and I have to take time. I think so much in our lives, rather than actually go after the giants, we settle for the same life that the Israelites and the Philistine army settled for, a life of stress, a life of fear, a life of anxiety, a life of insulation, and isolating and rather than take on the things that are keeping me from the life that I desire to have, I just, I just, I just cope, I just cope with them. What's funny is, is we know that if we do the right thing with time, we can accomplish some incredible results. Like when you stop and think about this, we, did you know that all of us could be extremely physically fit in this room? I'm talking like specimens, right? Like you could put us on the cover of a magazine if we would do what? If we would do the right thing with time. If every single person in this room, if we'd wake up every morning and go to the gym and we'd eat right and we would take care of our body and we did it every single day, we'd, all, we'd be freaking specimens like we'd be looking good, right? You'd want to stay home and watch YouTube naked because you'd just be so proud of yourself. <laughs> but isn't that like, I mean, in, in America, isn't that a struggle for all of us? Just just staying physically fit. I know. I know it is. I know it is for me. Why? Because, because it's not instantaneous. I want to go to gym. I want to go to the gym for a week and be like, yo, you know what I mean? But it, but it doesn't work like that. You can't, you can't pop a pill and go to the gym for two weeks and have the results that you desire to have in order to take on the big things in life. They're absolutely possible. You don't have to be limited. You don't have to cope. It's just going to take doing the right thing with time. We know, did you know that all of us in this room, we could be rich, we could be rich as we get older. How many times have you heard the story? If you'll just put a certain amount of money into an account when you're young and you just put that, put that and you just let it accrue interest over time. You're going to be set when you get older. But most of us don't do that. Why? Because it takes, it takes time. It takes doing the right thing with time to be, t- to be able to take on the big giants in our life. And you know what? I don't think that any of us want to settle for a life that's less than. I don't think any of us in this room want to give up on our marriage. I don't think any of us in this room want to give up on our finances. I don't think any of us in this room want to actually, maybe you're here today and you're struggling with suicide because you feel depressed and you're full of anxiety. I don't think you really want to end your life. You just feel like there's no escape. We're like the, we're like the, the, the Israelites that are intimidated by this giant, not because he's difficult to kill, but because it's going to take time to figure out how to do it. Time being our friend is really, really important if you're somebody who subscribes to spiritual beliefs. Furthermore, if you decide that you're a Christian and you decide, I want to do things the way that the Bible says and the way that God says, I have to really embrace the thought that what I do with time is everything. Why? Because the Bible says that as long as the earth remains, here's what's going to happen. Seed, time, and harvest. It says everything in life. In order to get a harvest. In other words, what is a harvest? It's, it's. It's a benefit in any area of your life that you're looking for benefit. In order for your marriage to get better, seeds are gonna have to be planted, time is gonna have to pass, and then flourishing will happen. In order for your finances to get better, if you wanna harvest in your finances, there's, there's seed that has to be planted, time has to, to go by and things get better. Seed, time, and harvest. We're okay with, with the seed. We're okay with the, let me put, put it like this, investing. I'm okay with doing something with my time, but actually having to, to endure the test of time and do the right things with time becomes a challenge for me i think about the passage of scripture uh, where the disciples are trying to cast out a demon or something and they're frustrated because they can't they can't cast out this demon so they come to jesus and they they say to jesus they say hey why can't we cast out this demon and jesus responds to him and what he says to him is he says because because you don't have enough enough faith and he responds he he, he follows up with that he says if you had faith like a mustard seed just a mustard seed amount of faith you can move a mountain You don't have enough faith because when it comes to our life as believers, everything works by faith. What am I talking about? What we believe. What, 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 we, what we expect. Your belief is so very powerful. What you believe is extremely powerful. And d- doctors know this. Did you know that when they, uh, when they're coming up with a new uh, medication, they'll act, they, in order for that medication to be put on the market, they have to take that medication and they have to issue it to a group of people, uh, to test it on them. But they also have to take a, a placebo, a, su- a sugar pill and issue it to another group of people. And then they compare the results in order for the medication to be approved. There has to be at a minimum of, of, of a 75% success rate, okay? So they'll give this, this pill, this new prescription. And if, a lot of times they'll re, when they hit that 75% mark, the medication gets approved. Here's what they don't tell you. Most of the time, the placebo, the sugar pill that they give to, 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 the, to the other demographic of people, sometimes 60, 65, 70, 75% with a sugar pill, they'll have the same success rate. You know why? Because these people believe that they're getting the good stuff. What 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 am what am I getting at? Your what you believe is more powerful than you think. What what, what you what you believe is, is is so much more powerful than you think. This is why Jesus says if you want if you want to move if you want to move mountains you got to have faith. And and a lot of times we fixate on I need more faith I need more faith and we miss out on the fact that what Jesus is saying he's saying this if you have faith like a mustard seed you'll move a mountain. What he's trying to communicate is that faith is like a seed. Faith is like a seed. In other words, it's not just, you, you, you need to have faith. Your faith needs to grow, but faith faith grows. It, 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 it starts as a seed. It has to be nourished. It has to grow. There's a progression. It has to stand the test of time. I can't just say, I believe, and then I receive. I believe, and then the time goes, and what I do with that time matters. So today, I want to talk about, how do I get faith really working? If what I believe actually has the power to change my life if that placebo pill that is just a sugar pill can actually cause results in the life of someone who is sick man how do i engage faith in my life here's the progression of faith i want to talk through it and then i'm going to talk about how it pertains to this story if you're going to have faith what you believe has to go from your head to your heart then to your hands write that down it's got to go from your head to your heart and after it gets from your heart then it can get into, into your hands. When you're up against the giant, man, I think it's so interesting in this, in this uh, story with David and Goliath, David shows up on the scene, but he doesn't just get at his slingshot and start going at the giant. You know what David does? He starts, okay, if I'm going to take out this giant, I got to prepare. I got to do the right thing with, with time. That means I have to get my belief going up in my head. The first thing that he does, we see in the, in the life of, uh, of David, he starts to write this down. Consider, he starts to consider what am, what am I doing. He starts. He starts considering alternative outcomes. Everybody else is thinking that man, we are doomed. This giant's going to take it out. What does David do? He comes on the scene and he starts asking people, "Hey, uh, what, what, what happens? What happens if if somebody kills kills this giant?" They say, "Well, he gets wealth and he also gets the king's daughter." So he, okay, so I get security and I get stability. Well, that's not what we have right now. Right now, we have fear and we have torment. So what is he doing? He's saying, "Tell me, tell me again, what is he doing?" He's considering a potential different outcome. Maybe it doesn't have to stay this way. Maybe my marriage doesn't have to stay on the rocks. Maybe my finances could get better. Maybe I don't have to stay depressed. Maybe I don't have to stay discouraged. Maybe I don't have to stay a failure. Maybe I don't have to stay limited by decisions that I've made in the past. What is he doing? I'm considering the fact that maybe I don't have to cope. Maybe I can conquer. Maybe this, this, this giant doesn't have to rule my life. Maybe I can defeat him. Maybe I can rule over him to consider different outcomes. Why? Because I think, I think so much in our, in our lives, we have, we have dumbed down the power Of our imagination. What what am I talking about? Just, just believing, thinking about good things happening in our life. Did you know that when I imagine, what am I talking? I'm I'm really dumbing down the concept of faith so that you can understand it. Imagination, expectation. I'm talking faith that something good, good can happen. Did you know that when I start actually thinking good, that my body physiologically responds? You you don't believe me? Let's Let's do an exercise. Close your eyes. All across this room. It's safe. We have security. Don't worry. Just close your eyes for a second. And, I want, and I, I, I want to prove something to you. I want you to imagine something, okay? I really want you to try to engage your imagination. Okay, with our eyes closed, I'm gonna, I want you to picture this. I just pulled out a, a lemon here on stage. It's a, it's a, I have a large lemon here on stage full of citrus juice. And it's like it's a fully ripe lemon. When you start to squeeze it, it's not like hard and firm. It's perfectly ripe. It's full, full of juice. And now I'm taking out a knife and I'm slicing. I'm actually slicing the lemon. As I slice the lemon, lemon juice starts to leak out all over uh, this little table I got here. Lemon juice is starting to leak out all over this table. Now I'm taking half of the lemon. I have a cup here. I want you to picture it. And I start squeezing this, this lemon juice, this sour lemon juice into the cup. Okay, now I have freshly squeezed sour lemon juice and I hand you the cup and I want you to get ready to take a drink of this freshly squeezed lemon juice. For most of you in this room, your salivary glands are going crazy, Right? Why? Because what you imagine, actually, your body has a physical response to the things that you expect. The, the, the things that you imagine. I heard a story recently about a, a guy, and this is just to show you, and this is, this is step number one. If I'm going to develop faith and faith in my life, I have to consider the fact that maybe the things that I, I thought were impossible to conquer, maybe they are conquerable. I have to start to, to consider that maybe there is possibly a different outcome. I heard the story about the guy. He's a bike rider, bicyclist. He was riding a bicycle in like a, a race or something. And a car ends up clipping him. And when he, when he does, the guy falls down and five of his vertebrae fuse together. And uh, everybody was saying that he would never walk again, that he was going to need to get a, a rod put into his spine. And uh, this guy was just determined that, man, I, I don't want to live my life like this. And he had been hearing about this principle, about engaging expectation, engaging faith, be- believing for something more than what is. And this guy, out of an act of discipline, he would sit in a room over and over. And he, sit, he said he would sit two to three hours. The guy, they said he would never walk again, two to three hours a day. And in his mind, he would just visualize his spine just, 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 uh, just, realigning he would visualize his his uh, his vertebrae stacking properly one on top of another he said he would get discouraged he, his brain would get distracted and he'd have to he'd have to start over but he would do this day after day and after day and within 10 weeks this guy was walking again within 12 weeks he was riding a bicycle again what am i talking about I, i'm trying i'm trying to push you to see that what you believe is more powerful than you think This is why we got to stop and think about what we think about. we got to engage our expectation in life. This is what David is doing. He's he's saying, tell me again. Tell me again because everybody else is telling me that this giant is going to defeat us. But you're telling me that it's possible that he's defeated because if we defeat him, the king's willing to give us something. He's telling him over and over, tell me, what is he doing? He's considering different outcomes. I want you to remember this. Anytime that you start considering different outcomes, Anytime you start considering that there may be an alternative to the limitations that you're facing in life. And I want you to know this because most people give up when they encounter this. You'll start considering that it can get better and then you face opposition. This, I, I want you to know that this is how it works. When you start considering that maybe there may be a solution to the problem that you're up against, the depression, the anxiety, the relational trauma, the financial uh, situation that, that you're up against, what happens is as you start to believe for more, uh, you're always going to experience conflict. And what's gonna happen is usually that conflict is going to come from people and things that you think that you would have been able to count on or trust. This is what happens in the life of David. He says, tell me about, tell me about, tell me about what happens if, if we, uh, if we actually kill this giant and what happens. It's, it's, isn't it weird when you read it in the story? His brother gets mad! His brother gets angry! If anybody should have been for David in this situation, shouldn't have been his own family? You ever experienced this in your own life? When you start to believe for more, when you start to reach for more, it's like the people around you, they try to, 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 to come towards you. And here's what, here's what will happen is, is that people that should be for you, they try to contain you. you, you you'll, you'll, see, you'll see this in your life. And the reason I bring it up is because I, I want you to be aware, aware of it. Because if you're not aware of it, you're going to get discouraged by it. And the crazy thing is, is, is people mean well. It's just that in our society, we have so much confidence and lack. And we think that because somebody else is achieving success, that means that I can't achieve success. And so rather than fight for my own freedom, freedom, I'll try to keep you from fighting for yours. This, this, is, this is human nature. You can't allow it to stop you from treating faith like a seed and developing, continuing to consider. I love what David does. His brother comes at him and questions his motives and questions his intentions and tries to contain him. And David's like, whoa, bro, like chill. Like, what did I, what did I do to you? And you know what David conti- does? He then turns to somebody else. He says, now tell me again, what happens if we defeat this giant? When you start to consider new things, you're going to experience opposition. You know what you got to do? You got to reconsider you got to consider again. You have to refuse to be deterred by the situations and the people that you are surrounded by. Man, when I experience conflict, I must reconsider. This is the step number one. i, I got to get it into my head so that I can get it into my heart. So many people, we try to fight faith from a position of just having it in our head. And this is why it doesn't work. If, if your faith, like a seed, is developed, and the only thing that you do is get it into your head, it's just like putting a seed in the ground and covering it with dirt. Is it important? Absolutely important. But th- there's more that has to happen in order for a harvest to happen in your life. You can't just consider. The second thing you have to do is you have to commit. What, what are we talking about? I got to get it from my head to my heart. I get it into my head by considering. I get it into my heart By by committing. What am I talking about? Get it into my heart. I gotta get it down into my emotions. I got to get what I believe from this place of just mental ascent that, are you believing? Yeah, I'm believing. I'm believing. I'm believing. But if I'm honest, I'm torn up in fear. I have anxiety. I don't know how to control my emotions. It just seems like everything is up and down and all around. If I want faith to work in my life, I can't just consider I have to commit. I have to get my emotions in check so that my faith can go from my head. My expectation can actually go from my head to actually start working in my life. It's got to get down into my heart. So many people say to themselves, are you believing God? Yeah, I'm believing God, but you're really not because it's really not getting down into your heart. It's just stuck up in your head. I think most of us think, well, then how do I get my emotions in check? Isn't that like the hardest thing in life? Because it's like, I want to believe, I want to trust God. I want to expect that maybe my marriage could get better. My finances could get better. My depression could be cured. I, I want to expect that my giant could be defeated, but how do I do that when I have all of this stress and all of this anxiety? You know, the, one of the fastest ways to achieve inner peace you know, you know how, how you do it. We see it in the story. Story here. It's through gratitude. What, what, what am I talking about? When, when I'm developing faith, I'm looking for something that I'm believing for in the future. When I have gratitude, when I activate gratitude in my life, I'm being thankful for something that has already happened in my life. When I stop, when I'm believing for something in my marriage, but I stop and I'm just thankful that we made it this far. I'm just thankful that I have somebody that, that loves me today. Maybe it's not perfect, but you know what? We're working on something. You know what happens? My emotions begin to start, start coming in and, they, and they, they start to calm down. When I'm just thankful, maybe I don't have the money that I want to have, but I, you know what? I'm able to eat. I ate today. I was able to feed my kids today. We didn't starve today. I'm not where I want to be today. What happens? I start, I start to, to, to calm my inner man. And what happens is that seed that has been planted that I've been nurturing in my mind begins to work its way into my heart or my emotions. Why is this important? Because the things that you really believe, they're always backed by your emotions. You ever get into an argument with something that you're really passionate or somebody's like really passionate and they get like, emo- like why are you getting so emotionally charged? It's because they believe it. Me and my wife will have some arguments about politics, man, because she has some... Crazy political views, but that's beside the point. You know what I'm saying? And, uh, but there's certain things that, but when she talks, it gets emotionally charged. And it's like, wow, you really believe, how do you know if you really believe something? When you're not at war between your head and your heart, but it has made its way. This is important. This is why you got to start in your head. You got to get that information over and over and over so that it can get into your heart when it comes from a place where your emotions are engaged with what you believe. This is what David is doing. Could you imagine as he, as he steps up, steps up to commit, he steps up to commit and he walks in, don't you worry, Saul, don't you worry, Saul, I'm going to take on this giant. He says, but you're only a boy. I mean, think about that. We're not talking about a grown man warrior. We're talking about a kid. Can you talk, could you imagine his emotions? I just committed. What did I commit to? You're right. I, I am only a boy. And then he stops and he begins to have gratitude. What does he say? He says, yeah, but, but I've watched my father's sheep. And I take God is God has graced me to take on lions and he's graced me to take on bears. And I haven't taken on a giant yet. But when I remember, when I remember what God has brought me through, it settles my heart. It settles my mind. It settles my emotions. Some of you today, man, you you're just, you're just plagued with anxiety. Could you just like, I know you're trying to get somewhere. I, I know you're frustrated with your current situation, but can you just think of how far you've come? No, I'm I'm serious. Can you you think of what you made it through? Things that took other people out. Things that should have destroyed you. Things that should have destroyed your marriage. Times your kids should have been killed. Things that you should have been locked away uh, for forever. And here you still are. Can you just take a second and have gratitude in your heart that, man, I'm still here. I have breath in my lungs. I got blood in my veins. I got a beating heart in my chest. Look what God has done for me. What happens? I start getting my heart. I start getting my emotions right. This is powerful because what I'm doing the right thing with time. What am I trying to? I'm trying to take down some giants. I'm trying to take down some things that that maybe have been plaguing my life. How do how do I do it? I got to get my mind right so that I can get my heart right. You know. You know what's crazy? Even as you start to make commitments to God, you're gonna you're gonna continue to you're gonna continue to experience opposition. You need to get this. You need to grasp this so that you don't throw in the towel, because the the the, the people the people that tried to uh, in, in your life, they, they tried, they tried to contain you. Here's, here's what, I, what I've noticed. If they'll try to contain you when you start to consider, uh, but when you commit, if they couldn't contain you, what they'll try to do is control you. P- people, if, if they can't keep you from pushing to the next level, they'll try to manipulate you as you go to the next level. This, this is what Saul does. Okay, David, if you're, if you're going to take on this giant, why don't you just go ahead and, and wear, wear my armor. If you're, if you're going to fight this fight, if you're going to fight for your marriage, here's what you need to do. This is what you need to do. Somebody who told me that you, you just told me that I need to leave him two weeks ago. And now you want to tell me what I need to do because I'm going to be staying with them. You, you couldn't contain me. So now you want to try and control me. Put on, put, put on this armor. If we're honest, this is what gets us into this whole doubt thing when it comes to faith in general. Because when we're talking about faith, we're talking about expectations. And if we're honest, aren't expectations the things that cause the most problems for us in our life? Disappoint. Why am I disappointed? Because I have an unmet expectation. And so in life, I set these expectations and man, I'm disappointed, disappointed and disappointed. And here's what we do. Rather than rather than adjust our expectations, we lower them. You ever realize this in your life? Rather than just adjust my expectation and take it off people and put it on God, I'll just lower my expectations. So now I expect nothing out of anybody. This is a problem because then it makes you emotionally detached. I've done, I, me and my wife could tell you, tell you stories and she'll, she'll tell you stories of, of how, I, how I've done this, being frustrated in marriage. And, and rather than adjust expectations and have healthy expectations, just no expectations. Well, the problem then is you become emotionally detached. You don't care about nothing. You don't care about nobody. You, you, you're, you're just isolated. You're just by, you're just by, by yourself. Expectation, you know how you can always know if your expectations are out of whack? When you, when, when you expect out of others what you expect of yourself, number one. This is how you know your expectations are, are out of whack. You expect out of others what you expect out of yourself. Saul expected David to wear his armor. We didn't talk about this first service at all. Saul expected David to, to, to wear his armor. In life, you've got to know that everybody is on their own journey, and you have to respect that journey. God has called you to certain things, and you have convictions in your heart. But you, you got to know your expectations will be out of whack, meaning you're always going to be frustrated. It's going to be enemy to your faith when you expect the same things out of people that you expect out of yourself. You need to have those expectations out of yourself, but you need to allow God to do a work in other people to craft their expectations based upon the convictions that he's placed in their heart. Here's the other side. When you expect out of yourself what other people expect of you. So you know your expectations are out of whack when you expect out of other people, what you expect out of yourself, but you also know they're out of, out of whack. When you start expecting out of yourself, what other people expect of you, you have to know in your journey that you cannot succumb to the pressures of what other people want you to do. People are going to want you to raise your kids a certain way. They're going to want you to have certain views as it pertains to the world. They're going to want you to do certain things with money. And, and you have to determine in my life, I my expectations are not going to, I'm like I'm not going to lower them, but they're going to be in the right place. How do I adjust my expectation? My expectation is not on people. My expectation is on God. This is why David says, I don't need your armor, Saul. Because it's not going to be armor that helps me defeat my giant. It's my God that's going to help me defeat my giant. He helped me defeat the bears and I didn't have any armor. He helped me defeat the lions and I didn't have any armor. If he helped me with the bears and he helped me with the lions, if I've conquered depression and I made it through that anxiety, then he's going to help me take on this mountain too. Man, this 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 is what he's saying. I, I love David's approach, man. David is just, and some of you, some of us, I think we got we got, to, we got to we got to got to learn from this. When he tells this story about these lions, that he says, when when they turned on me, I grabbed them by the face. He didn't turn away from his problems. Sometimes in our life, we're not taking on giants because we're afraid to face them. Man in your life when you're dealing with fear and anxiety don't avoid it look it in its face remind it who your god is remind yourself of what god has brought you through don't avoid it don't medicate don't escape no take it take it by the face and say i'm not afraid of you lack i'm not afraid of you depression i'm not afraid of you relational trauma i'm not afraid of you these things that are wanting to pull me away from my purpose i'm not afraid of you failure i'm not afraid of you road i'm not afraid of you because just because i didn't grow up on the right side of the tracks no my confidence is something is is insane something greater. And I won't be, I won't be swayed. I won't be swayed. I'll continue to trust God. He, he, he considers, and then he reconsiders and then he commits. And what does he have to do is he faces opposition. He has to recommit because he's working on growing his faith. He's got to get it from his, his head into his heart. And so he can ultimately get it where to his hands. And this is, what, this is what we see in his life. As he begins to own it in his emotions, as he begins to remind himself, okay, I'm going to do this. In other words, I'm not just going to think about my, 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 my giant being defeated. I'm actually going to start taking steps. I'm going to commit to saying I'm going after this giant of lack. I'm actually. I'm not just going to keep dreaming that. Okay, hope one day my marriage can. No, I'm going to start doing something, and my expectation is not going to be on the other person to serve me. What I'm going to do is I'm going to serve them. I'm going to do everything I can do within my power. What am I doing? I'm committing. I'm committing. I need to go from my head to my heart, so it ultimately can go to my hands. So, so the first way I get it to my head is to consider. I get it into my heart by committing. The way that I get the way that I get it into my hands is by commanding. Okay, so so I consider. I commit, and then I command. I consider, I commit, and then I command. What am I talking about? Command. I'm talking about you. At some point, once you get it from your head to your heart, you got to start taking steps. You got you got to start. You got to start acting. You got to start acting like it. You got to start moving forward. I, I love this story because as it's like game time. You hear the story of, of, of David, it's like game time. It's like, okay, we've been working on something. I started asking, started, this started off by, by, by what? Hey, tell me what happens. Tell me what happens. Tell me, okay, so he can be defeated. What am I doing? I'm getting in my, okay, so that's what's going to happen. Okay, so, so my life can be full of peace if I, if I go, I'm just starting to get my mind right. And then he, then he says, okay, well, I'm going I'm to do this. And I'm afraid, uh, yeah, but God's gotten me through a lot. And so I'm setting my emotions at ease. And now it's game time. Now I'm going to command. And so he gets ready, and, and the giant's ready. And the giant starts laughing at David. The, 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 the giant looks at David. He's like, you're, you're just a boy. You're going to come at me with sticks. All he's got is a slingshot and his staff in his hand. It's almost comical. If you like imagine this, like a giant with a sword, the giant is so bad that he has somebody carrying his shield. Picture this in your mind. And here comes this kid. He's got, I got a staff and I got a slingshot and the, and, and, and the, the giant's like, are you kidding me? You're going to come at me with, with, with sticks. And I love David's response. What does he do? He, he, he commands. This is what he says. He says, you come at me with a sword but I come at you with the name of God. Okay. Time out. I did the same thing when I first heard it. Like, yeah, that's right. Yeah, you did come at him with the name of God until you stop. And you realize, like, no, time out, bro. You come at him with the slingshot. <laughs> it should have sounded like you come at me, Goliath, with the sword, but I'm coming at you with the slingshot. But that's not what he said because what what is this commanding thing all about? My point is today, positive thinking is powerful, but it's only a part of the equation. Committing, getting in your heart, getting your emotions right is powerful, but it's only a part of the equation. I have to command. In other words, I got to get God's word in my mouth because here's what separates pow- the power of positive thinking from faith and Christianity in Jesus, that we have a savior, somebody who stepped in on our behalf because our imperfections would keep us from commanding things in our life to transform and to change. But when I put faith in God when I put faith in Christ I have something that's more powerful than anything that I can hold in my hand and to be honest with you it doesn't matter what I hold in my hand because when I command God's name he uses my hand to deliver my enemy into my hand most of us get discouraged in our lives because we think to ourselves, I don't have the power. Do you have hands? He hasn't asked you to have the power. What am I getting at? Full circle to the song. You're not the miracle worker. God is. <laughs> the Bible says that some plant, hear me today. This is the whole thing, right? Your faith is a seed, it's got to grow. Some plant, some water, but who? who gives the increase? God gives the increase. What am I talking about? God's the miracle worker. This is why I need his name. This is why I need his words in my mouth. Because when I put his words in my mouth, whatever I have in my hand, he uses to defeat the giants that I'm up against in my life. Man, I'm not the miracle worker. God, God is the miracle worker. What am I doing when I'm getting my mind right? I'm planting. What am I doing when I'm getting my heart right? I'm watering. What am I doing when I'm commanding? I'm creating a space for God to give the increase. You hear me today? What, what, what are you up against? What, 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 what is the mountain that you're facing? The Bible says if you treat faith like a mustard seed. You don't need much. In fact, you just need a little bit like a mustard seed. If you, had the, if, you just had the, if you just started growing a little bit of faith, you'd be moving mountains. What is he talking about? You'd be defeating those giants. You'd be organizing your garage, Right? Because it's not, it's not an insurmountable task. It, it feels like it. Please, i, I got to take a time out for empathy. i got to time out for empathy in this space and tell you, I know that the mountain you're up against is hard. I know that the cancer diagnosis has taken the wind out of your cells. Isn't it interesting, though? I think it's so fascinating. Uh, I'm so thankful for doctors and what they do in, in, in our world. So thankful. <laughs> And I think we need more Christians in the medical field. I really believe it. I really believe we need more Bible-believing believers in the medical field to help coach people through this stuff, because I, I, this is what, here's what I find out. People, people. you ever notice, like people that have, they feel something off and they're doing cool, they look fine, but then they go and they get the diagnosis. Isn't it crazy how fast they start to deteriorate after the diagnosis? Have you ever noticed that? I'm sure if you're a doctor, you, you, you've seen that in people. As soon as they get the diagnosis, it can be a couple of weeks, they start looking pale and they start looking gone. It's like, man, you're, you're, why? Because there's, there's a faith, there's an expectation. I've learned about it. And because I've learned about it, I, start, I know how this journey goes. I die from here. Man, what if we could turn it around? What if we could be educated on faith? What if we could learn how to believe God? What if we could learn how to get it from our head to our heart to our hands? huh? And what if we, what if we could use some of those things that we're up against, relational trauma? Man, it's going to be the end. It's not going to make it, okay, but let me start considering a different outcome. You know, in this world, in this life, sometimes, sometimes you just got to shut off the noise and fill yourself with good things. Fill yourself with positive things. This is a really important part of the process. Can I be honest with you? You're going to just think this is weird because I'm a, I'm a preacher, but I really don't like Christian music. I think it's cheesy. Don't judge me. I really, I really don't like it, but you know what? Sometimes I have to turn off the other stuff because there's so much negativity, and sometimes I just need some positivity in my life. Sometimes I got to turn on the Christian radio station just so that just so that I can fill myself with some good stuff. Did, Did you know that the negative things in your life, that those don't just happen? You know what those are? Those are seeds. The, the, the negative things in your life, it started as a seed in your mind that got into your heart and because it got into your heart, it got into your hands. What, whatever giant you're facing, that, that's, that's, that's how it happened. Here, here's why it's easy to get into negative places. Because our world and our society is constantly throwing negativity at us. Right? Every commercial you see, here's this, this medication that's going to help you, but it could also kill you. And then you hear about, right? And when you, hear about, you hear about the school shootings. And you hear about our political system and you hear about what's happening in the stock market. You hear about this, and you hear about that, and you start thinking to yourself, oh God, what, what, it, those are seeds that are getting into your mind. That when you have that fear that is already birthed in your heart, it goes, woo, from your mind to your heart, and now you have it in your hand. How did I get here? Because somebody planted, somebody watered. That's what I love about my mom. My mom used to always uh, talk to us about this. They would remind us how, and everything in your life is a seed. Pe- people can't steal from you what you're determined to sow. What what am I talking about? You you feel like people are, well, they're taking advantage of me. No, if you just say, I sow my life as a seed into their life. I sow my time. The thing that was stolen from me, no, I just sow it as seed. If it's a seed, then I can reap a harvest. That's a whole other message. But my parents would talk about this principle to us all the time. Right? Like everything is seed. Everything is seed. So we pray as a family. And my mom would say, God, we just, we just pray that our seed is in good ground. That it continues to grow. And then she would say this, any bad seeds that have been planted in the soil of our heart. God, we just pray that there would be a crop failure over those seeds. That those seeds would not, not produce. What are we talking about? Policing the things of our heart. I'm just here to tell somebody today, some of you, 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 you got to cut out the negativity. There's nothing wrong with the TV shows and there's nothing wrong with, with the, the songs that you like, and there's nothing wrong with the social media, but, but it's feeding your soul with so much negativity. And so many negative seeds, you got to stop it. You got to surround yourself with some good people and you got to get on some good podcasts. You got to get on some good TV to remind you who you are. Why? Because if I'm going to command, I got to have God's word in my mouth. It doesn't matter what I have in my hand as long as I have His word in my mouth. Hear me today. It doesn't matter your skill level, it doesn't matter your intellect, it doesn't matter the color of your skin or what side of the tracks you grew up upon. It doesn't matter what you have at your disposal as long as you have His word in your mouth because then God sees you. Life sees you, not predicated upon your behaviors, but predicated upon your faith in Jesus, the lamb that was slain before the foundations of the earth who came out of heaven and lived and died on this earth came back from the dead. Why? So that we could be free free to what? To not live victim to these bullying giants in your life. What, am, what the heck are you talking about? I'm talking about depression. I'm talking about your relational trauma. I'm talking about I could never because I'm talking about that giant. He came so that you could conquer that giant with what? When I get it in my head, I can get it in my heart. And if I can get it in my heart, then I believe that I can get it. I can get it in my hand. I'm here to be a coach in your life to tell you today that you're not giving up. You're not giving up. Quit talking about throwing in the towel. Quit acting like you're going to be on medication for the rest of your life. No, we're thankful for it, but you're not staying there. God has a better way. You are going to conquer this mountain. You are going to conquer this giant. You are going to be more, more than a conqueror. You're not here to cope. You're here to conquer. I wish somebody believed me in this place today. You're not here to cope through relational trauma for the rest of your life. You're here to conquer. You're not here to cope with your finances in lack for the rest of your life. You're here to conquer. You're not here to cope with depression for the rest of your life. You're here to conquer. You're not you're not here to cope with unfulfilled dreams for the rest of your life. You're here to conquer. Somebody dream again. Somebody step up to the plate again. Somebody risk it all again. Somebody go for it again. Somebody believe that God's going to do something in your life and it's going to be good. Man, it's easy to expect bad things because I think life just conditions us to to do so. I think in this world, this day and age, it takes a whole lot more courage to say, you know what, no, I'm going to believe that good's going to happen. I'm going to believe I can't make it happen, but I'm sure as heck going to plant. And I'm sure as heck going to water, where, everywhere. Everywhere I'm going to plant. I'm going to water everywhere. I'm going to fill myself with good things. Why? Because it's not just about positive thinking. No, I'm working on something. My faith can move mountains if I'll treat it like a seed. I believe, I believe that if we will commit, man, to growing our faith like a seed, to consider it continually, considering new things. Committing to new things, commanding new things. I, I, I just believe, I'm just the kind of guy, I believe faith works every time. I don't believe God lies. I, 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 I don't believe that God lies. I believe it works every single time. If I can get it into my mind, just as much as the negativity plagues, plagues my mind. Man, just as much as you sit and you worry about your kids, man, what's gonna, am I gonna see my kids again? I just dropped them off at school, but in this day and age, am I gonna see them again? You Anxiety. I think so much of the time we're, we, we think, you know, I hear stories all the time. Well, you got to listen to your body. And I think that you should listen to your body. But I also think that there's things that we attract to us based upon our belief systems. I think when you fear terror, terror comes knocking at your door. Sorry, I just, Bible guy, I believe that this is, this is the principle. Everything is seed. When, when, when I fear negativity, negativity increases in my life. When, when, you fear, when you're a dramatic person, what happens? You get more drama. You ever notice this in people? It's like, why you got so much drama? It's because it's seed that's been planted and it waters and it gets into your emotions. And that's the, that's the pace at which you live your life. You don't, you don't have to stay there. If you'll if you choke out those seeds of drama, like if you just have no tolerance and you just look the other way and I plant seeds of peace. I, I plant seeds of peace in my life. I think about it. My life doesn't have to be dramatic. I don't have to be, people don't have to be coming at me every day. Business owner, you feel like you're in a lawsuit every other month. Stop, stop fearing it. Just start, start thinking, considering a different out. Get it in your mind first. I'm not, I, it's not going to be like this forever. People, are gonna, people aren't going to be suing me every other month. Try, why, why is everybody out to get me? You've got to change the way that you think. I'm going to change the way that I think so that I can quiet my emotions, be grateful, get it into my heart so that I give God my hands. And when I get his words in my mouth, he uses whatever's in my hands. And I hope you hear it today. God doesn't need much. What do you have today? What, if, if all you got is brokenness, if all of you got is hopelessness, God can use even that to take down your giants if you'll commit to his process to grow your faith. What am I talking about? Expectation, belief. Your belief is powerful. Would you pray with me today? God, all across this room, all across every space, God, I ask that you would illuminate things in our heart that needs to be illuminated, that you turn on the lights in the dark rooms of our soul. God, it's almost like I always use this example, but I think it'll help you today. You lose keys in a dark room, and it's dark, and you don't know where to find them. And then somebody comes in, and they... They flip on the light switch and you're like, oh, there they are. That, God, that's what we're asking for illumination. God, would you turn on the lights? Would you show us where the keys are? Would you show, show us the. Maybe some of us, it's just we've got to get our mind right. Like that's where you've got to start. Forget forget the action part until you can just get your mind right. To be able to rehearse over and over, to, 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 to consider reconsider over and over. Some of you, you, you've been doing that. It's time to commit. It's time to go after it. It's time to take steps. It's time to really go. Do you know what? Just be, you're, you're anxious and you need to be grateful because if you're grateful, then you can achieve peace in your heart. Faith can be developed in your heart. Some of you, it's time just to open your hands and go for it. Some of you, it's time to go after go after the, the mountain, not in your own strength, but in God's empowerment. God, in this space, even as we sing a little something, God, would you do something in our hearts just right before we go to maybe uh, help us to experience something that can change our life forever. God, in this place today, in this place today, in this place today. God, we look to you. You draw strength from you today. God, we remind ourselves that we're not the fixer. You are. Somebody hear me today. You've been trying to force the miracle. You can't. You, you, you can't determine when. He said, seed, time, harvest. How, how much time? I, I, I don't know. But you got to be committed regardless. Committed regardless, committed regardless. God, I'm determined. I'm just gonna keep planning and I'm gonna keep watering. Just keep planning. Keep raise your hand. Raise your hand. Raise your chin. Chin up. Chin up. Chin up. Be encouraged today. Be encouraged today. Be encouraged today. It's not over. It's not over. It's dark. It's dark, but it's not over. It's difficult, but it's not over. You're gonna make it. You're gonna make it. You're gonna make it. I dare you to open up your heart and believe that maybe God does have a way. Maybe there is a way that you don't have to be a victim to your circumstance. Maybe your giants can be defeated. You are victorious. You're not here to cope. You're here to conquer. Miracle world. Yeah. before we go today you never made a decision to place your faith in Jesus you don't know where you're going if your heart was to stop beating today would you spend eternity in heaven or hell maybe you don't know the Bible says whoever calls upon the name of the Lord you'll say you'll spend your forever in heaven not just that your life then has an opportunity to get better here on earth I'm not going to try to talk you into it I believe if you're ready to make that decision that your heart compels you to do so but I'm going to ask everybody every single campus we're family so nobody prays alone I'm going to ask that we can pray this prayer out loud. Would you say this with me? Maybe, you, maybe you're a Christian. Maybe you believe in Jesus. Can we just, just say it again with all of our hearts? Say this out loud. Say, Jesus, today, I believe in my heart. I say, out of my mouth, you're the son of God. I believe you live for me. I believe you died for me. I believe you came back from the dead for me. Today, I call you my savior. I make you my Lord. Say this. Say, Jesus. Help me to live the life that you made me to live. Say, help me to live my best life. In Jesus' name, everybody say, amen. Thanks for listening. If this impacted you and you'd like to partner with us, go to celebrationchurch.cc give to help us reach people with the message of Jesus.